Okay, welcome back to episode number 55. How is everyone doing? Man's not tired. bad. Mentally tired. tired. It's been an exhausting um, week, last week. It's been a really, really, really tough week. Um, so this is going to be a really difficult episode for us to discuss and talk about because it's impacted every single one of us on this podcast. So we're actually recording this on the 1st of June. Um, so obviously you guys are aware of what's going on in the US and across the world. Um, so the shocking videos um, of George Floyd were released in Minneapolis. Um, the murder of George Floyd, um, George Floyd on the 25th of May, um, which was, I personally didn't watch the video um, just because I didn't want to visually see that. We've heard so many different stories about this. It's not new. It's just another unarmed black person being killed in the hands of police officers. Um, so we thought, as we've got this platform, it's part of our responsibility to really talk about this and really talk to our listeners because I'm just talking about myself. It's been a really, really tough week, um, especially trying to stay off social media, um, especially with all we hear about the protest, um, especially around the fact that we just don't see any change. I think that's the difficulty um, that we're, we're all feeling. Um, so stay tuned, let's get started. We're going to deep dive into this topic and hopefully we can provide answers, solutions, even if it's questions, right? Um, to our listeners. Um, so let's get started. So how are you guys really feeling, right? This is a I know we asked that on every single episode that we might joke, everything's good, everything's cool. But it's really good to really to check in on your friends and ask that question. Yeah. How's everyone feeling? Especially with this video. So did any of you guys see the video? Um, why mm. don't we start there? Yeah, several times. You saw yeah. it? I've seen it in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah. I personally refuse to to watch it because um for me, one is not something new. Um, and then secondly, I think we need to be careful what we consume um, because it it either makes us numb or it, it triggers certain traumas that we can just never return from, right? Yeah. Um, so how are you guys feeling after watching that video? You want to discuss, describe it? Yeah, I just want, I just want to maybe put a, a point in there. Um with our listeners to sort of bear with us as we try to find the words uh, during this podcast, um, because as we progress, it won't be easier to discuss. Um, and it just, has... as you say that, as you say that, sorry to interrupt you, P, which I didn't mention before, I think every single one of us, our prayers are out to George Floyd's family. Um, we're discussing this, we're talking about this, we're being impacted, but I can't imagine what his family is going through at this time. So I just want us yeah. to just start with just uh, praise out to his family during this tough time. Sorry for interrupting. And also all of the other uh, hundreds of families that have died um, in the arms of uh, police brutality. Um, 
I uh, I don't I guess my my opening point is there was just something about this incident which struck a chord and resonated with me a lot harder than the other incidents. Um, I will put my hand up and say it it got to a point where you started seeing these these events in the US. And because, and also we've got to speak from a standpoint of we're living outside of the US. And you got used to you got used to seeing it. You just got immune to the fact that this was something that happens. Um, it's happened before. It's 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 still happening. And there was this, this element of, well, nothing's new. But there was something about this situation with George with George Floyd that um perhaps it's the way he was executed um and everything around that video that I think has just um completely woken everyone up to saying um if I wasn't doing anything before I've got to start doing something now so um from us from from the outside looking in um it, it, we feel like we we were much closer to the situation than um uh than than other the other situ the other cases so that's just kind of um this one this one in particular has just has just been a very difficult one to to swallow yeah Daniel. But Pete, why would you, Pete, why would you say it's different? I think you I, know what I saw this interview, and I know you're Pete, but I saw this interview with I think it was the mayor of Minneapolis, and one thing he said is the other videos that you've seen, it's been a split second decision, where it's been like a shooting, an officer's made a decision, a wrong decision, and it's straight away. From this, it was eight minutes of there's an opportunity for you to rectify this, control the situation and change action, but you chose to ignore for such a long period of time. And I think even me talking about it is, yeah, like you've, you had so much opportunity to change the course of what was going to happen to this guy's life. And you chose to just ignore it. Like you, you, you chose to, to ignore the cries of someone not taking the person serious enough, not even valuing the person enough to say, look, the guy was handcuffed. Like there's four of you. What more, like, what could he, what could he do more? Like mm. what damage could he cause to you guys? But you couldn't listen to that. Like I hated the fact that I saw the media, which they always do talk about, Oh, the crime that this person was committing, what this person did. It does not matter. Like, like, you've got this situation under control. If this person's committed a crime, so what? Like, is he's not, he's no danger to you at that particular time. You could have dealt with, like, you had so much time to treat this person as a human being and say, okay, I chose to be a police officer. My job is to serve and protect, but I don't feel like this person's valuable enough for me to protect as well. Like, and we see so many times where people of other race, like white people in America, have committed mass murder and you're taking them to Burger King. Like you're able to detain them and look like it's just. <sighs> yeah, I think I think, Daniel, to, to answer your questions precisely, I think that's exactly why this one has has struck a chord um, in a very different way to the other ones. Not to say that other ones haven't moved us, but the way in which the execution has happened. Um, you, you just can't compare it to the, just something that's incomparable and it's 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 unreconcilable as well. So I, I give it to you um, on, on how you're feeling. Honestly, 
it's the more I think about it, the more angry I get. And I'm trying to manage that because I can only be angry for a split second or a moment. So I don't let that harbor. And like Oli was saying, this is eight minutes of someone who is deliberately inflicting pain to the point of death on someone who is being held still. This person's crying for help, saying he can't breathe. And at what point as a human being, do you not value someone's words because of the color of their skin? This is someone who, no matter what crime they've committed, he's not posing a threat. And from videos I've seen, he's complying and complicit with all of what they say and what they ask him to do. At what point do you now go and take a human being because of the skin color to first beat them, to then put them on the road and to put pressure on him? Because these are four officers putting a lot of force on one individual. And what really, really, really gets to me is the face of the police officer, which is etched into my memory. And I can see him looking at the camera, looking lackluster, no remorse, no emotion, with his knee pressed on to this man, this human being's neck, to the point of torturing him. Because of the way he is positioned, he is blocking veins and arteries, which is giving oxygen to his brain. So it's a very slow and painful way to be killed. Like you said, Olu, the mayor said, you know, it's even, it's, it's, you kind of think that those who were shot got the easy way out because they, they, didn't, they didn't suffer. But yet this person is being suffocated. Think about your face being face first onto the floor with such force and then to be moved when the so-called emergency services, if that's what they were, because to me, they didn't look that way. Then come and remove you like you're a piece of dirt, just roll you. I don't understand how you can treat a human being with such little value, such little regard for something as small as what they say he's done. And it comes to the point of, we'll get onto the point of the protesting and what are being labeled as riots, but we can't take away what's been done because things may overshadow the event and the actual cause. But let's not take, a, let's not take away what's been committed. This is murder. This is racism. There's no two ways about it. Whether you're black, white, gray, brown, yellow, green, this is murder. You cannot defend that. You can't ask what happened. What happened is a police officer killed someone, an unarmed human being. So what excuse is there? There isn't an excuse. So the way I'm feeling right now is I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling infuriated because this isn't the first case. This isn't the last, and I wish it was, but there are many, many other lives that have been taken, other lives that have been affected in many years, not just in the US, not just in the UK, but around the world because of the skin color you were born into. You don't choose your skin color. You don't choose to be born. You are born. You're here for a purpose. So for you to say or think that I am better than you because of your skin color is absolute nonsense. For real. For real. Well, what about you, bro? Yeah, I think um, so. I think the 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 first statement that I would say, and I probably say this as a person who who isn't black, who isn't um, in America right now. I think, and this is one thing that's frustrated me when you see people who don't come from that culture and who don't fully understand that culture try to talk as if they understand the challenges that um, people face, especially in this case, black people in America. 
So I think the first thing that I would say is it's difficult for anyone who isn't from that class to fully understand. So if you say, I understand the pain, I understand the issues, that 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 would never be true. Um, mm. I think the only thing people not from that background can attempt to do is try to empathize, try to understand. But I don't think you ever will fully be able to grasp what it feels like to be in that position. So that's the first statement. So with everything that I say, I know that I still will never be able to feel the same challenges that George Floyd and many of these other people have because I, I haven't lived that life. Now, of course, being a minority, there's things that you, there's challenges that you face. But in this case, we're talking about a specific group of people that are being overtly uh, chastised and attacked and their life is in in danger and it, it shouldn't be the case. So just focusing on on that group of people, I think f from, from my perspective as an outsider and seeing how it's played out over the last couple of weeks, I think for me, what's made it seem different is one, the fact that the whole world is pretty much on fire right now because of the COVID pandemic. People are locked up, people are frustrated, people are losing jobs, everything is kind of building up and you can sense the tension. Now, putting that to one side, I think over the course of the last four to eight weeks where you saw, and I don't, and I don't, it's not intentional if I say the names incorrectly, but Ahmad Arbery, yeah. who was the guy yeah. back in February, who was just jogging through a neighborhood, had some curiosity looking into a particular house. And then he got basically almost lynched in a modern day where he got executed by two people who thought he was a burglar and not. So then that happened in February, but this came to the news in, in March. Then on that case, you have um, a lady called Brianna Taylor, where police raided her home and they killed her. They basically point blank shot her. Then to add everything to the mix, you have this lady in New York called Amy Cooper, who was in the park. And then there was a bird, um, an African-American gentleman who was in the park, who was bird watching. And then he saw her with her dog who wasn't on a leash. And in that particular part of Central Park, all dogs should be on a leash. And then you saw in the video where she threatened him, even though he was telling her to follow the rules, she threatened him to say that I will call the police and say an African-American man is threatening me, basically using the race card to her advantage. Mm -hmm. I think you add all those those ingredients of everything that's been going on in the last couple of months, then the COVID situation. And then you see this one video of George Floyd where, I mean, you guys have already mentioned, it's just, a, it's just an execution. You, there's no other way around it. Yeah. You combine all of that, and that's not even talking about the years and years that this has been going on. It's just a recipe for an explosion. Yeah. And I think, I think from, from from my perspective, it's actually if the, if it feels like th this is different, it feels like the the amount of people that are rising up, the amount of people that are having, that are just talking about it, the amount of people that are trying to do something. It's it's at least. I think people are at least becoming a little bit aware. But again, this is from a from an outsider's perspective. If you guys are saying it feels the same, then it, then of course it feels the same. But I think personally, with all of those variables, it, it, it's there's some change that's coming. Whether it lasts or not is a question, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. No, and that's it's good. It's good that you you mentioned that you are. I guess for the rest of us, in terms of people that are not black, right? Um, what is our expectation, or what do we even want from? It's, it's, for, for, sorry, I'm not, even gonna, I'm not even gonna let you finish that question. For me, it's simple. You need to speak up because mm -hmm. it's not about it's not about the color of your skin. It's about mm -hmm. what is right and what is wrong. You're yeah. seeing someone who is murdered. If someone was to kill a dog in that way, in the same fashion, same form on the street, 
that person, people would ridicule that person. Mm. They would ask for them to be killed. People were saying that person should be killed for treating a dog that way. Mm. And he's saying that, Daniel, people even said about that Amy Cooper video. They're saying that the reason they probably got more visibility media the was because they dog treated the dog versus the way she acted with a black person, right? And even watching that video shows that people, non, non-black people, white people, understand what is going on, understand the dangers of calling a police officer an African-American, understand that when that police officer is going to arrive, you're going to automatically be seen as the seen as a victim in that situation and automatically they're going to attack or look at that black person to a situation where that person could lose their life right when you're calling it so it's not like you mentioned it's not a situation where people can be blind to it right you need to understand what's going on you need to understand your privileges right we all have different privileges right think you've got white privilege even ourselves as um black british people we also have privileges right because i remember going to america right when i was working in america and um one of my friends she asked me a question like whilst you've been living here have you felt racism like overt racism um in the workplace and different places and i said no but i said the reason i haven't felt it is because of my accent I understand that the way I sound is a privilege where automatically they say, oh, he's not African-American. He's a British, black British person and they treat me slightly different. But I've seen, I've been also pulled over by police officers. And the first thing that they do before I talk is they reach for their gun and they put their hand on the gun, right? So every single person has their privileges and especially non-black white privilege. Like Daniel said, this is the time to speak up. This is the time to educate yourself and I and it's not even about us educating you anymore because it gets frustrated to a point where it's like, oh, tell me what I could do, tell me what I could do. No, go out and educate yourself, go out and educate your kids so that there's not a next generation of this. There, there was an, an um a analysis done that says kids at the age of five start to understand color and um privileges based on colors and stuff like that. So you need to you need to teach your younger generation because by they imitate what they see so if they grow up in a household that is completely racist that's just going to continue generational and pass that down so there's so much that you can do but i think that like daniel said the first thing is not being silent right mm. is using yeah. your voice and, and continue with that i think it's to come come to the point of accepting yep that there is racism yeah because you you need to accept that racism exists. This is 2020, yes. Yeah. And racism does exist. And I say that people that aren't black need to speak up is because ultimately, whether you like it or not, they're the ones that are going to affect change. They're the ones that are going to be able to make, you know, m- you know, significant steps to improving the way things are. We've seen many years that black people tried, but unfortunately, black people aren't in positions of power or they're not at the table. Or if they're at the table, they're not shaking the table. So if you're mm. in a position of power, you're at the table. Mm. Don't just think because you've got the seat at the table, yeah, I'm good. Mm. I haven't got back in my own bubble. Mm. Don't be afraid to shake that table up. Because mm. if you don't, who do you expect to do it? Mm. And especially when we're talking about systematic racism, because we're talking about police brutality and racism in that level. But don't get it twisted. There's also an element of it where it's systematic when it comes to employing, when it comes to giving someone a load. Those are the sort of um, racism that will also keep our people back 
Yeah, P. What's what's your what's your what's your take? No, it's, I mean it's, it's actually difficult to add because these guys have summed it up uh, really well. But I totally agree in the sense of change first starts with awareness, which I think we're we're slowly starting to achieve. Daniel mentioned acceptance, um, and then and then it comes down to having a conversation. Um, and I think also it's important to we want to encourage those that are not black, right? We don't want to necessarily attack them or 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 aggressive towards them and saying you you better start having a conversation and starting talking it's it's we want to do it together help us strengthen our voice um and i would i would say to a lot of people because i think there are also a lot of people that i think there was a a a sign that says privilege is when you can look at something and not feel like it's a problem towards you um it's about being empathetic right because there are a large number of people that are not black who are perhaps not necessarily um taking it in um but if it was to happen closer towards their home or to a close friend of theirs, then they, then their sets, sets of actions will be different. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the time for us all to be empathetic as to what's happening um, and to treat it and feel it like this has happened uh, to someone that's really close and dear to us. Because that's honestly how it feels. Mm-hmm. That's honestly how it feels. For sure. No, I'd, I'd even add to that. When you're speaking up and we've seen in recent days whether it's PR strategy or they've been enforced or told to do it, we've seen a lot more companies speak up about this, Mm. uh, many brands. And although you're speaking up about it, that's not enough because you need to first analyze your internal structure. Is the message you're saying to everyone reflecting how you are set up as a company? So if you're saying that Black Lives Matter, if you're saying that Black people deserve to be equal opportunity, how many people do you have on your board that are Black? How many people do you have in senior positions? When it comes to recruitment, how many people are black that are interviewing? Because uh-huh. if I come to a job and I can't see someone like me, why do I want to cook? Why do I want to come and work for you and add value to you? Because people, I love to just throw these things out, you know, in the moment whilst things are hot off the press. But five days from now, when you're back to thinking about your 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 bottom mm-hmm. line, what are you still doing to make change? Yes, of course, not everything needs to be shown. You don't need to verbalize everything that you're doing to affect change, but there needs to be visible proof that you're doing things. Then, and I think I think the point you're touching on, I think we'll go into it, is we we as humans have shown in history and over time that we're quick to forget. One of the questions I've been asking myself is, is at some point you have to take something like this has happened to us in our lives and say, how do I make sure that I um, start change impact change but it's sustainable right because um you mentioned it uh, uh, give it once the dust once the dust settles right um people go back to their normal lives and then it's kind of well, how how do we grow from this situation um so that that we can touch on at a later stage but that sustainable growth and, and change is going to be very important as well here and I'd also just uh, you added about some all you were saying about privileges when you see something that you you know you don't see as a problem, but also we need to be cognizant of even those that are black. For example, you can live in the Caribbean islands, predominantly black. You're not going to see this type of stuff mm-hmm. on a day to day. So it's also got to be empathy from that standpoint to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not in this position, but these things do exist. These things do happen. You yeah. still have a voice. You still have your opportunity to project your voice and to use your voice as a weapon, so to speak. And Daniel is so like, what you've mentioned right now is so right. Cause I think historically, right. 
as Africans or people that live in Africa, we're like, oh, that's a problem with the Caribbeans or that's a problem with um, African-American, the US. It's not our problem. Now, nah, this is everyone's problem. Exactly. This is everyone's problem. Talk, like, when I was born, right, my mom would never have dreamt that I was going to work in the US. You don't Same. know where your kid's going to end up. You don't yeah. know, like, you want to try and create a world that you it's can bring someone point. into, right? So you think it doesn't impact you today. It might not impact you today. Yeah. But in the future, it will impact you. And this is the time that even if you're in Africa, in the UK, in the Caribbean, we are one people and we need to stand together, right? We can't be ignorant to say, okay, just the same way that when stuff happens in Africa, you see African-Americans stand up as well and say, no, that's my brother. That's my people. Like, there's no excuse for us to say just because it's not knocking on our door right now doesn't mean it can't happen to us or impact us in the future. And and and, and just to add, it doesn't, uh, Lester, if we can, if we're concluding this point, it doesn't yeah. matter the color of your skin. There mm. was a there was a man, a gentleman named William Wilberforce, and in the 18th century, he was he was rich, he was white and educated, and he committed in 1780 to be an MP at the age of 20, for the reason that he said that God laid before him the duty to eradicate the slavery of African men, and it took him 18 years of relentless legislation attempts in Parliament before he won the first bill to end slavery, but it took another 26 years to get the bill to pay the money to buy out the slaves. And this was all over the British Empire. In total, this white man fought for 44 years to set black men free. And once he got the money cleared, he died three days later. And that's how he that's how slavery was ended in the UK. William Wilberforce, 18th century. No. Thanks, Dan, man. Always educating us with the gems. Always with the facts. Exactly. Sure. So, um, how about we, we switch to sort of yeah, um, I think I think I take on protesting. Yeah, so I think your thoughts um, about a protest, I guess. Uh, I I think I mean as as someone who uh, of a person of color, right? I think the last the last week or so, it's been very, it's been this kind of uncomfortable feeling where we've seen this on the news, but as we mentioned just previously, that there's it seems like this time there's just it's just so in your face that you can't like no one can even deny this. I think for me, it's been a case of trying to share it more with some friends, with people. But then I still felt like, is this even enough? Is this even making a difference? Um, and like, I, there's the, we we have friends in the US, some mutual friends, Pavilo and I. And I have some friends here in Stockholm who are friends of African origin. And I was speaking to them today, actually, just to check in with them to see how how they're doing. Like, of course, I can never fully understand the situation, but if there's any way that I can help and donate to things, I think. As, as a person who is watching this from the outside, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to digest even, even for me. So to, to be in the US right now, it's just it's difficult to fully comprehend how it feels now. In terms of the protesting, I, I mean, I, I, I'd actually be more interested in what you guys, like what, what's, your, what's your take on it? Because just for, again, as an outsider looking in, I think it's good to see people coming together and putting their voices together, actions. We've seen lots of celebrities come out, people like Kevin Hart, Jay-Z, all of this stuff. But what it gets to the point where you see how the, the narrative in the media is shifting away from the pro protesting to all the looting and everything like that. So I think for me, it would be good to hear your perspective first. My perspective is simple. I think the protesting 
is okay. I think the protesting is right. I think there is a there's no problem with protesting, but we have to be careful when it comes to protesting, not to change the underlying reason of the protest itself. And I say that because when you think of the riots in London, you don't remember why, or it doesn't easily come to memory why the, those riots started. It was because of Mark Duggan was killed by police because they suspected he had a, a gun on him. But the whole riots overshadow the actual reason for those protests and the riots. So similar to this, if we're not careful, these riots will take place and overshadow what was done, which was a murder by a police officer on an innocent, unarmed black man. So the protesting is okay, but when it comes to the stealing, it gives the media reason to change the stories on what they're reporting. So the, as you've probably seen, the media aren't saying much about George Floyd's death. They're saying what's been happening since that people are rioting, police cars are being burned, buildings set on fire, CNN being trashed and set on fire, rubber bullets being shot at protesters that are coming across aggressive. And all it is doing is adding fuel to the fire in a negative way, if I may say. Peaceful protests are fine. But the thing is, there can be peaceful protests and there can also be borderline riots. But the media won't show you the, the peaceful protests because many peaceful protests happened over the weekend around the world, in Japan, in Denmark, in London. But the media won't report that. They'll report you the problems that are happening with regards to the situation. And that's where my problem lies. And they've also told us that they don't care about peaceful peaceful protests, right? Because yeah. initially with the NFL, right, taking a knee, they were like, how disrespectful are these people for taking a knee, right? No, we don't want you to protest now. But now that that's been ignored and people are now rioting or looting in certain cases, now it's, oh, it's such a, now this is not the way that you should protest. But there was peaceful protests before, and that was ignored. They so told now, Martin Luther King, he couldn't protest in Selma. He was shot. Exactly. And, so, and, I th and just to add, I think that this is happening because people are tired. Mm -hmm. People have had enough. It gets to the point where you can turn the cheek only so many times before you just think, you know, what, scrap this. Think about it this way. Someone comes to the house and does something. Yeah, you know what is right. But you're thinking, forget this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to slap you up. No, it's and that no is like, about it. And you think you just get tired. If someone came to your house every single week to do something to rob your house, at one point you're gonna say enough is enough. I'm gonna inflict some pain. And Daniel is is Martin Luther uh, Martin Luther King's um, words, right? A riot is the voice of the unheard, right? Yeah. So language if we yeah. if yeah, it's the language of the unheard. So if we've been protesting before peacefully and you've ignored us. And we continue to protest peacefully, continue to protest peacefully, and there's no change. What do you expect to happen? Like, exactly. what what do you expect, right? If there's four rooms and places for people to peacefully protest and see change, which is the key thing, see change, then you wouldn't need these rights, right? You wouldn't need them at all. And one thing I'm never going to tell people is how to express their frustration, and their emotions and everything that they're going through. It's not my place to advise people how to do it, right? Oh, sorry, criticize people of, for doing it. My advice would be to be organized, me personally, to be organized with the rights, right? Because 
you got to look at it two ways. One, one, if you're going to write, don't do it in your own back garden, right? If you want to make a noise, go to the town center. Like I think they did in Atlanta, right? They went to town center, the rich area, the rich neighborhood, and they decided to write it there. That's where you're going to get a lot of noise, action, and they're going to listen to you, right? Don't do it in your back garden because a lot of times, and I think they've said, they've seen that there's been people traveling in, even some some, some racist groups have come in to actually start looting and rioting in black neighborhoods, right? And trying to put that under the same banner of we're protesting. So you've got to be smart and strategic. So I was organizing. Just to, yeah. Just to add to that point, once you rob your own your own town, the government aren't going to reinvest in it. It's yeah, a black neighborhood. Exactly. They don't really don't invest in they don't it. Care. They're just robbing your own area and it's going to take years and years for it to come to a standard mm. of what it was before. Yeah. So if you're going to burn down the local black-owned store that's next to you, you're going to probably put that person out of business. If you're, like, the people doing Target and whatever, I don't care about Target. Like, do you think I care about Target and all this stuff? I care more about the neighborhood. And then secondly, the thing I would say is just be smart, right? Because a lot of this and a lot of what I'm seeing is I feel like the police are looking for a reason to add force, looking for a reason to take more lives. So it's how do you become strategic with your rioting where you protect yourself because you don't want a massacre where they retaliate and a lot of people lose their lives. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I don't want to repeat. I think uh, think people need to also be aware that there's two things happening. There's protesting and there's riots. And they both have a, a completely different stories behind them. Um, we should continue with the protesting because it is bringing us together, um, and it's, it's creating a sense of unity. Um, but with the rioting, the the unfortunate thing, what makes me sad to what you guys have mentioned, is it, it's ultimately further disenfranchising those people, right? I, I I think when I look at these events, I think the depression is around the corner, um, and we're not doing ourselves or, or whoever's behind the rioting or however it's been doing because we're starting to see now uh, people sort of against it. Um, when the dust has settled, right, and, and the neighborhood needs fixing back up, you know, one person's spending is another person's income. So it's only going to redirect more capital and wealth into the hands of those who you're actually trying to um, get the attention of in the first place. So, and breaking glass of, of shop floors is not going to hurt the bottom line, right? So it's, it's, it, it's a lot of, there's a lot of wasted energy going into, going into the rights, which should be directed um, into something which is actually going to achieve an outcome that's going to really benefit the people. But, yeah, but the problem is when, you, when the peaceful the, ways has been ignored, logic, right? logic goes out, logic goes out the window. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and that, there's also a lot to do with COVID holding you down for so many weeks that you actually um, want to just retaliate on, on whatever's possible. Um, so, I, yeah, so let, let's, I, I think, I just hope that the damage is, is limiting. Um, and that what we see is only a fraction of certain parts in the States. Hmm. Let's not forget the States is a really big place. It's only in, in certain pockets. Um, and unless, yeah, we can only, we can only sort of hope um, that I think the attentions of those who can actually impact change are starting to now show their face and have, and have discussions. Hmm. Um, and I yeah, think, I like, think Joel, us- like Joel mentioned, and I think the key thing is there's a lot more people having peaceful protests mm. than rioting. So don't listen to the media. 
Because yeah. I think there's been so many articles and stories on the media where it's like, these black people are doing this, this black person attacked me. And then there's footage that comes out hmm. and it's, it's completely the opposite. Ridiculous. Completely the opposite. So don't listen to everything that the media is portraying. Um, there's more people doing peaceful protests than riots. But like we mentioned, riots is the language of the unheard. So if people have been peacefully protesting and you ignore them, it's going to erupt at some time. And it's you're to blame for the ignoring for ignoring them. But yeah, go on. Now go to action. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's it's, it's crazy because I like I mean over the last couple of days I've been reading different articles and all of this stuff and one one quote that really brought it home for me is the fact that the this whole situation has been going on in the U.S. for hundreds of years now, three four hundred years, right since the origins of slavery, and with everything that black people have had to go through in the U.S., they have every right in the world to seek revenge, turn the whole country upside down. And the only thing these people are asking for is equality. They're not asking for... Revenge. They're not asking they're for not, revenge. They're not asking, yeah, saw, they just want to be about. treated equal. And I think if you, if, if, if you push people for hundreds of years, this rioting and looting, etc., this is like the least you should expect happening. If you think how the US, and we don't need to go into the politics here, but after 9-11, the US basically had a war with countries in the Middle East where they spent tons of resources and millions of people have died since then. But then on the flip side, you push a, you push a group of people for hundreds of years and they fight back and loot and riot, and that's apparently going beyond the line. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just, uh, it's just been... Um... You've got, you got to put it in this context and see the magnitude. Or, the, mm. or, or it's, or it's on us, yeah. yeah, it's true. Especially when um, you build a whole society. But call of uh, action. We, so if we move over to like beyond sort of the protesting, right? What do we think are other things that can be can be done to drive change around this? We start with ourselves. Um, no, just in the bigger picture, and then we'll go to more of a call of action for ourselves and what we're gonna do. I, but I, what I, do you feel I, like there are other ways to drive change? I'd rather speak personally because I feel. I'd always speak personally because I feel if I want yeah. any change, I need to start with what I can do. I yeah. can't put change into other ha- other people's hands. Mm-mm. You know, I can't, to be honest I can't with you, that, I can't get that responsibility. I don't even know the answer to that question. Mm. But I, I tell you something that I on, 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 the, on the macro on the macro side of things, I think on the, on a macro side, I personally think it's two things. Right, I think for you to drive change and for change to be driven in society is really driven by two elements: violence through wars or economically through money. So onto us as a community, band our, e- like our money together and, and our interests, so that's voting. Voting, we don't vote unless we're going to get something, but um, get something returned. Economics, we spend our money in our community, keep our money in our community, use our money to drive change. And then the last one, which I don't like, but it's necessary and we've seen it over time and history, is through war and action. So in America, it's your right to bear arms. So protecting yourself. And those for me, those are the three ways on a macro level that you can really see change mm. um, for me personally. Right. 
so what, what so Daniel and P, you were say, you were looking at it from a more personal angle, right? What what are you guys going? Daniel, to if you you continue and I'll go next. Yeah, okay. I no, completely. I agree with all you. I think there are things that need to be done looked at from top down. But also, if we look at if I look at myself, is that you know there are, what this is showing in recent weeks is things are being exposed that for on those that have been caught on camera or on video. There are many incidents where someone hasn't got their phone out in time. Something may have happened. And it's becoming more apparent that videos are lost on the internet along with the culprits when these events happen. Um, cases of complaints made against the police, things go missing. And it, I think even with this case of uh, this police officer, this particular police officer, because I hold all of them accountable, but the one who had his knee on um, on the neck is there. I think they were previously made complaints about, about him, but they've all gone missing. So someone in my network actually was speaking today about something he's doing and you know looking for those who are willing to contribute and help out and i've put my name forward but he wants to make a dossier of all of these things so the name of the victim any footage any witness um eyewitness accounts badge number of the police officer the name where it happened not just for the us but globally so that yeah. these things can be documented and they don't get lost because many of these videos that are posted online in a few years time it'll be hard to find them yeah. it'll be very difficult to find them so these are small things where at least things are documented and they're kept up to date. And Daniel, it's crazy you say that because it's, if we didn't have a video of what happened and someone just described it, you'd be like, no way could that happen. No way did a police officer leave his knee on some guy's neck for eight minutes. That's impossible. Mm. Yeah. So just because we have the video now, there's an element of, okay, now we've seen it and we believe this person. But like Daniel said, imagine the amount of other cases that have happened that the person wasn't lucky enough to have that on camera or, that would have escape. not, or they escaped or that they'll say, you know what? It's impossible. Our police officers will never do that. This will never happen. Even the, even like we mentioned, oh, it's yeah, never mind. Like, um, uh, yes. So, um, this, these series of events have, have really, had me look at myself and, and ask what am I doing to impact society at least uh, the community on a greater good so I think a couple of things the first thing is um, I personally have a responsibility and I hold myself accountable to um, educate myself further on on the deeper issues um, that that uh, are causing such events to happen um, um, because I, I like what is interesting when you when you have a certain advantage in life and you have a certain privilege um you may you may necess not necessarily spend as much time getting educated in that area right because you're perhaps looking in a different direction so i think that's one thing certainly for myself i think the second thing is also to look at a lot of the goals and objectives that i have and to make sure that it involves a lot more of the younger generation right we by default want to do well in life so we can inspire others um but I take my hats off to those people today in the UK that have actually dedicated their life's work to actually working with the younger generation in helping to develop their minds, um, develop, um, 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 their, give them confidence, hope and courage. And I think it doesn't take a lot for us to all do that. We can all do that in some form of capacity. So um, whilst it's important to have your own personal objectives to achieve, um, I think I think we have a responsibility now to to if we haven't had that before, to really make sure we widen that scope to ensure that it includes 
um, younger generation, um, because that's also the the, the 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 people who we also have to protect that are coming up. Mm. And I think uh, third and final, I think um, it's very important to. I, I think the 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 other thing I would probably say um, is that I think it's very important to do well. And what I mean by that is I think it's very important to make the most of the opportunities that you have to make most make most use of the time that you have. And it means making the right decisions, making mature decisions, um, breaking, the, breaking those cycles that we have up here, right? Looking to invest in, in ourselves, looking to invest in others. And we need to start really, you know, champion um, a better lifestyle because people are watching and it will slowly start to, you know, change and, and impact people within our society. So I think those for me are the three things that the importance of, the importance of, of of a certain level of success i think i think that's really important because mm. if you have the right intention it can really transcend uh to to a number of people that can and get them to turn their lives around so for me it was the education to be successful and, and also to um uh, make sure that um a lot of my efforts are, are looking at the younger generation as well for sure and i think even looking at the younger generation this is even a plea for myself is we need more leaders right i think that's one thing we're lacking as a generation like a lot of great leaders martin luther king malcolm x passed away that could organize and mobilize people so this is a plea where we need more leaders but just on a personal side not to repeat anything that pabilo said because i agree you're gone but just on that point because i also saw that as well and i think um when you say leaders be specific in the fact that we we can also do that on a very micro level and we're also yes. making a difference. So we're not necessarily waiting for someone who can, because someone even mentioned today, these celebrities and influencers um, are influencing, but they have, they have no impact. Right. So oh, we sure. shouldn't necessarily wait for someone who we believe has a certain level of clout, as they say, mm. to start actually um, making change. We can actually do it. The point is that we, I think we have to give it more time, more, more thought and be more conscious in our efforts moving forward. For sure. So we're all leaders. Either. I agree. I agree on a on a local level, we need to be leaders and a more on a micro high level, we need leaders there. And then the last point I would just address is just that putting your money into action. So economic, like how do you spend your money? So if that's within the black community or even supporting certain movements that you believe in, that's for me, the big thing I want to do on a personal level is just really using my money to vote and follow my needs and expectation for my community. So let me pass it to Shual. I know. Yes, I think just to just to close. So from a, from a, again from an outsider's perspective, um, but trying to empathise with the situation. So I think I could just think of four things really quick. So one is as an individual, I need to continue to become more educated and share it with people. I think even if I'm sharing it on the basis that I know that I'm not fully versed on the situation. If I can get one more person to be more aware of it, that's better than zero. So that's one thing, become more educated and share. Two is beyond just sharing the, the information, try if I can to kind of sign that petition, give a donation for causes that are clearly doing some good work. So this is the second one. And um, three, and these are more really self-individual. I was reflecting and there's been moments in my life where, again, as being a person of color, you go through those moments where you know that there's a racist undertone into a comment that someone's made, or you're in that situation, I think we've spoken about it, when you're on an airplane and someone asks you something that's a bit funny. Now, in those situations, I've always been the type of person that lets it slide, 
But I've realized now that me letting it slide with that individual, whoever random they are, may lead to another situation with them later on where it could lead to bigger problems. So I, myself, rather than taking the easy route, I need to call people out on it when I see that. Um, sure. And then the last one is probably for people, again, this is for people that aren't black, check in with your friends that even if they're not from America, from wherever they are in the world, check in with them and see how they're doing. Ask them how they are, if there's any way that you can help them or if there's any recommended steps, because these are the, again, you're never going to be able to fully understand it, but without asking them, you're never going to know. And those conversations can be great conversations are the conversations that we've had today in this episode. So thank you all. Um, thank you for listening. It's been uh, a rather subdued kind of episode. It's been a very serious matter. It's very relevant. It's very real. It does exist. Um, it can't be swept under the carpet any longer. It needs to be addressed. And for any change to happen, it needs to start with us. I think we all have a duty. We all have responsibility to affect and start some change with where, where, wherever we are. Something that always stands out to me might sound silly, but Emily Sandys had a song said, we have what's the word um, um we have the word something to we have the words to we have the voice to change a nation so stop by so stop biting your tongue so everyone you can start you don't have to be a good orator good public speaker impact change in your social um network in your immediate circle you can all do something so thank you all thank you for listening we hope you stay well we hope you're keeping well um see you next time god bless take off take flight